Hello world and welcome to the program. This is Alex and the new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed, a podcast where you'll get along with Ukrainians and also observe how the global scenery impacts Ukrainian society in these exciting times. We speak about events, trends, individuals and lifestyles of modern Ukrainians. So let's jump right in! It happened that the new season of Ukrainian Unleashed coincided with the beginning of new political season in Ukraine. So in this episode, we will observe how the things went on and what would be the results of local elections in the all-Ukrainian context. I will also brief you with the technological innovations that have helped Ukrainians voters this time to understand the electoral process. And I got lucky to be a part of it. Besides, I also will share with you my experience of working as an observer on one of the election committees in Odessa. This will be a hit. Let's go! Welcome back! Me and you, me, coming back on air, and you, coming back to me. I really missed my audience, to be honest, but still had to take a time out for dealing with the urgent tasks and projects I had been involved in since early September. The hot August, full of adventures, has moved quite unexpectedly to the vibrant beginning of autumn. As a journalist, I joined the large-scale all-Ukrainian project called InfoCrime for monitoring the Ukrainian media during the local elections on spreading misinformation and fakes. After all, I think we all know how the political sentiments can be used to influence the society. So our team from Odessa was busy monitoring the media in the Odessa region and trust me, we have detected a lot of violations of journalistic standards and also cases of false information widespread. This became possible with the support of the British foundation Thomson Reuters in partnership with the Institute of Mass Information in Ukraine. But first things first. As this episode is mostly about the local elections in Ukraine, I will also note that in September-October I was engaged with the release of two big IT projects designed specifically for voters across the country. First one is an educational project I vote, which was already launched for the third time. For three election campaigns during the last three years, I vote has been used more than 175,000 times and almost a million times voters have reviewed the programs of candidates and political parties thanks to this service. The results are astonishing, aren't they? And it's very simple to use. In fact, I vote is a website where anyone can take a short survey and get the results of the match or mismatch of their own expectations from the future leaders with the program principles the latter declared. That way, you don't actually need to read the large number of programs that candidates publish, but many of them unfortunately don't publish them at all. I vote by doing its job has already gone through all of them, so it gives you the biggest and smallest match depending on your answers to the questions of local governance. This is very convenient for voters, because it's simply unreal to study all of the political programs. I will also quickly tell you about another high-profile election project, which was presented in October this year. This is a mobile application police scanner, and it can recognize the faces of politicians from any advertising media. 
After scanning the image, you get all the necessary information about politicians in a very consolidated and convenient way, which makes the application extremely useful for just checking off who is hanging in front of you on a billboard and understand the entire political background of a particular person running. A small but highly professional team worked on Politscanner launching, and I'm very glad that we succeeded. The news about the release of the application flew all over the national media, there were numerous interviews and live broadcasts. The application even got into the top 5 educational applications of Ukraine in the App Store and Play Market. And this was the best gratitude for our work. Ok, so let's see what we got as a result of the local elections and how much ready our citizens were. How did the election campaign go in general and what influenced the political choice of Ukrainians this time? Ready? Steady? So, the election campaign in Ukraine started in mid-summer, when it was already clear that quarantine norms unfortunately were not observed and it was possible to conduct direct and indirect agitation. So here in Odessa, the first billboards from various political parties began to appear. The media space was filling with political statements and publications marked as dishonest, these are publications that only praise a certain candidate or party and conceal any negative aspect of their activities. And it is very often used in media by all our political representatives. The above-mentioned Infocrime project allowed us to weekly monitor the 10 most powerful online media in the Odessa region, 4 TV channels and even posts on social networks of the 6 most popular candidates for the post of Odessa mayor. And what did we see there? During the monitoring period since the beginning of September, we have consistently recorded from 4 to 7% of manipulations in the Odessa media every week. In most cases, manipulations and fakes were concerning politics and elections, of course. But among the fakes, about 17% were related to news about coronavirus and between 10 and 12% of fakes were based on Russian propaganda, the spread of myth about Ukraine's external governance, for example, or Ukraine's cooperation with the International Monetary Fund and its impact on the closure of hospitals in Ukraine, as well as the militarization of society. The election campaign in the region in general was built around the consequences of the coronavirus and political issues related to the questions like what's next with the occupied Donbass, cooperation with the European Union and the improvement of the social infrastructure of cities. Besides, almost all parties resorted to populism and speculated on social benefits, Covid protection, language issues and even regional emergencies such as the agrarian crisis in southern Ukraine due to the drought and the evacuation of the tanker Delphi, which was dumped on the Odessa seacoast last year. I also managed to participate in the local elections as an observer. To do this, I registered my candidacy on the website of the all-Ukrainian NGO Opora, which takes care of such monitoring. I was offered to become an observer in the Primorska election committee of Odessa, where, after counting of all votes, 
The final protocols with results ought to be brought from the polling stations. My shift started at the very beginning of the acceptance of the protocols, so I did not notice any significant violations, to be honest. But it was clear that people were extremely tired because they did not immediately understand how to count ballots under the new system introduced after the abolition of the majority election system. Also, protocols were often filled in incorrectly, and election documents were packed with violations. My shift lasted 12 hours, during which I recorded 12 violations, mostly irregularities in the proceedings. But the process of counting votes in Odessa lasted as long as one and a half weeks. A similar situation was observed in other cities of Ukraine. That's a shame, isn't it? Interestingly, Ukrainians on Facebook laughed a lot on this matter, saying that the results of the US elections might be announced even before the Ukrainian. And this, of course, cast doubt on the overall results of the voting count, I must say. Anyway, let's look at a glance at the new electoral map of Ukraine. BBC Ukraine summarized all available information as of November the 3rd and created a map of preliminary election results. Therefore, until the official results of the voting were fully announced, the results of several exit polls, parallel counting of votes and the data collected manually on the electoral committees allowed to make preliminary conclusions about the composition of future regional councils. So without further ado, the leadership in the vast majority of regions of Ukraine was taken by the all-Ukrainian parties like Servant of the People, OPZZ and European Solidarity. Each of them won four regions. European Solidarity, the party of the previous president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, took the lead mainly in the western regions. OPZZ, the pro-Russian party in the south, Traditional revenge in the eastern regions hasn't been achieved, and I will show you why. The party of the current president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, servant of the people, managed to warn one region in each part of the country. But if 12 of the 22 regional councils won three main all-Ukrainian parties, in the rest of the regions the local political projects mainly won formed by the personalities of the current mayors or heads of regions. These are the Kernes bloc in the Kharkiv region, the Groisman Ukrainian strategy in the Vinitsa region, the native Transcarpathia in the Transcarpathian region, the Cherkasy people in the Cherkasy region, and so on. Therefore, we see that regional policy is diversifying in the result of deepening decentralization reform which has been carried out in Ukraine since 2016. New regional elites are growing and no longer need the support of large parties and a large financial resource. They operate locally and are more flexible with their decisions. However, although they are less dependent on big politics and oligarchs, they can significantly usurp local power and unite with local business elites. Therefore, control over this should logically be provided by local communities. So, we sorted out the electoral map, but let's see whether the quality of Ukrainian politics has improved as a result. 
Valeria Kondratova, a special correspondent for LigaNet website, analyzed the local elections and interviewed sociologists and political scientists about the peculiarities of these elections and their results. In short, we have a strong influence of local elites, the growth of the pro-Russian Opposition party and the disappointment of the Servant of the People party, she said. Next, there was an acute shortage of new faces in politics in this election. Also, according to the final results, now in many cities in the southwest, the pro-Russian Opposition project is winning the first place in the city councils, and the Servant of the People is the second or third party on the list at best. Before that, a significant part of the electorate of the pro-government Servant of the People party, especially in the southeast, was the Opposition party's electorate and the party of Ukrainian blogger Anatoly Shari, who also spreads anti-Ukrainian narrative. Thus, Lyubomir Musiv, deputy director of sociological group Rating, says that people who are disappointed with the choice they made in 2019 are turning back to the old electoral niche. This is it. And this was quite expected. The above-mentioned fact deserves a separate discussion. Some experts see as a result the revenge of pro-Russian forces in the southern and eastern regions of Ukraine, where the opposition won first or second place. Is that really so? Let's check on that. Deputy Director at Kyiv International Institute of Sociology, Anton Grushetsky, comments on that on LigaNet website, saying that pro-Russian parties in Ukraine in reality hit a glass ceiling. In fact, in this election, the opposition found itself even further from decision-making than it was in 2015, ceding power in large cities mostly to mayor's political projects. It seems like the current results of the opposition, third place on a national scale, behind the servant of the people and European solidarity, are the limit for the pro-Russian narrative in Ukraine. Locally, only 13% of seats in city councils were won by them, and in smaller communities, less than 12%. Let's not forget that after decentralization kicked in, a lot of money were brought to the regions, and those candidates who have fought for local councils had already understood what was at stake. They were very active in campaigning, competing fiercely, even at the level of small communities. But some voters still do not understand why it is important to come to the polls and choose those who will rule their communities. And this is a big problem of Ukrainian politics, I must say. To make it clear to local communities that the decision-making is shifting to the local level where the president and the Verkhovna Rada can do little to help. Therefore, overall turnout in these local elections beat a lowest national record – 37%. Only 37% of people showed up for voting. Regardless their apathy, a lot of voters also were not interested in going to the polls because of the lack of intrigue, as many community leaders now have such high ratings that even if a second round was needed, the results would still be preset. And in my opinion, this is such a lame excuse for not voting. What do you think? 
The maximum turnout in Ukraine this time has been seen in Ternopil, where 45% of people came to vote, and Lviv regions with 44%. The lowest turnout was recorded in the Donetsk region, only 32%, Mykolaiv also 32%, as well as Kharkiv and Kherson also with 32% of overall turnout. In Kyiv there were only 34.4% of voters who participated in these elections. Elections in Ukraine are always a blast, because every time at the polling stations our society passes a kind of test for critical thinking and checks on the level of political culture. So I'm always happy to share with you my experience and thoughts on these subjects. Please don't be afraid of changes and changing things. And don't forget that Ukrainian Unleashed is in it with you. See you on December the 2nd. A compelling story about my trip to Ternopil is tempting. Yes, I made it not long ago and happy to share some peculiarities about Western Ukraine. What do you think surprised me as a citizen of Odessa in a traditional Western Ukrainian city? And what are the pros and cons of living in both cities in my opinion? Where people are happier, prices are lower and coffee tastes better. <laughs> coffee is one of my vices. So place your bets and keep well. This was a new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed podcast. Thanks for being here with me. I also would love to thank Purple Planet for lovely musical compositions used in this episode. We did our best to extend our presence all over the web, so you may find us everywhere, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check our pages in social media with fresh updates. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts are waiting for you. And finally, a small notice for our Ukrainian listeners. Starting from now, we will be posting a Ukrainian version of all upcoming episodes in our official podcast channel. Both recordings will appear simultaneously, so stay tuned if you like to be updated in the Ukrainian language about the hottest issues we discuss here. Or maybe you'll even choose to listen to both versions. It's up to you. The more options we have, the closer we get. See you very soon, guys.